0: I'm your host Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at tcckpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Yo, TCK Pod crew. It feels like it's been forever. Since I talked to you, it's your boy Dweez Nuts here to hit you with another Stat Rat episode. I know, I know it's your favorite fucking thing. We do a deep dive on some of these players in the league right now to figure out what's really going on with them. We go beyond where they finished on a week. We go beyond where they finished here after week five to say... What's happening on this team? What are the situations under which these players are succeeding or failing? And what does that mean for the season going forward? This is where we do the real work. This is where we do the real shit. This is the kind of stuff that separates you from the losers in your league. So welcome back to another stat rat episode here on TCK Pod. This is episode 271 for the TCK Pod podcast. Big things, number 300 coming up soon. Not sure what Sky has planned, but I'm sure it's going to be epic. Reach out to us on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, Instagram, fantasy football underscore TCK pod, or go visit the website tck_pod. Dot com. Every single day of the week, there's new content going up, new podcasts going up. We're talking with you on Twitter. We're catching up on Instagram, answering your questions. TCK Pod is the place to be. You can also find me, DweezNuts, at DweezNuts, D-W-E-E-Z-E-N-U-T-Z, all Zs, no Ss, on Twitter. Chat with me. Tell me what you're looking for. Tell me how I can help your team Best. All right, enough with the pleasantries. Let's get into this shit. Let's get deep diving on some of these guys. I'm going to kick us off here with a uh, wide receiver to wide receiver comparison. Two guys on the same team. One carries a name value from his offseason stuff from the end of last season. A high projected rank. And the other one is a throwaway from his previous team. His ADP was bargain basement let's just take a look at where dj moore is and where robbie anderson is here after five weeks on this new carolina panthers team new quarterback teddy bridgewater new head coach matt rule new offensive coordinator in joe brady who's succeeding and who's failing well the simple answer is robbie anderson is absolutely fucking succeeding and dj moore needs to be off your team now in fact Coming out of this big week, four catches, 100-plus yards, and a touchdown trade, DJ Moore, right now, please. Trade him straight up for Robbie Anderson. Your league will laugh at you, but you're going to win. Let me tell you why you want to make that move. First, let's look at the target share on this team. On the year so far, Robbie Anderson is getting 26.4% of this team's targets. That's fifth most in the league. DJ Moore, 20.8% target share. That's 18th most in the league. Now, that's not that far apart, and whenever you're seeing more than 20% target share, that's really nice to see. However, if you break that down a little bit further, we see that in Week 1, DJ Moore saw 26%, in Week 2, 31%, and in the last three games, he's been at 14 16 and 14% target share, guys. Other side of this is Robbie Anderson, 24% in Week 1 and Week 2, 21% in Week 3, and over the past two weeks, he's gone to 30% and a 35%. Percent target share, people. Robbie Anderson on the season has had three double-digit target games. And then for DJ Moore, yes, he'll catch some deep balls, but you want to see that target number come up just a little bit. If we look at this week over week over week, in fact, we see that in week one and week two, DJ Moore led the team in targets. In week three, he was tied for third with Curtis Samuel. Week four he was second, and he went back to third again, tied with Curtis Samuel. In week five, the exact opposite is happening right now for Robbie Anderson. He was tied for second with Curtis Samuel in week one. In weeks two and three, he was second on the team. First on the team in targets in the last two weeks. Again, 30 and 35% target share in those weeks, guys. That is impressive. DJ Moore has not yet had a game where he's had more receptions. 76.6% catch rate for Robbie Anderson. DJ Moore on the flip side, 595 Guys, 595 I know he's getting deeper targets, but 595 is a bad catch rate for a guy, DJ Moore, who's supposed to have some great hands. When you look at a player getting opportunity, you'd like to see them getting red zone opportunity as well. Well, DJ Moore had a red zone target in week one. Hasn't had a single one since. Meanwhile, Robbie Anderson's Five red zone targets on the season, places him eighth among wide receivers. And here's where it gets really hairy for me, guys, because when you drafted DJ Moore, part of the reason you wanted DJ Moore was, yes, the big plays, but we expected a nice volume out of this guy. Over the last 12 quarters of football, that's three games, over the last 12 quarters, eight of those quarters, DJ Moore has had one or fewer targets. He's either had zero or one target in eight out of the last 12 quarters of football. In fact, if you just look at the last eight quarters, the last two games, five of those quarters saw one or fewer targets for DJ Moore. There is absolutely no volume. He is disappearing for large chunks of time. If we look at Robbie Anderson over those last 12 quarters, only four of those had one target or fewer go to him. And in the last eight quarters, we've only seen one quarter where your boy didn't get at least two targets. Robbie Anderson is the guy to own on this team. DJ Moore is not. Fortunately, if you play Daily Fantasy, you already know that people are still valuing DJ Moore higher. He costs more than Robbie Anderson every week. So look at your trade market See what you can get for DJ Moore after a big week. I think it's time to trade. The needle is pointing in the wrong direction for him. Robbie Anderson, instead, is somebody that you should own. The quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, is looking to him. The play caller, Joe Brady, is calling plays for him. That's what you want to see here after week five. It's trade time, so make it happen. All right. Outside of those two guys, what I want to do next for you is look at some strength to schedule stuff. We've got five weeks In the books, we have a pretty good idea of who's good and who's bad at football, who's good, who's bad at defending the run or the pass, defending against tight ends. So over the next few weeks, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into some strength to schedule stuff that you can use to take advantage of your league, win some games with some names that might not stand out to you here after the first five weeks. So today we'll start at the running back position. And what we're going to do here is I'm going to take some running backs and some teams who have faced incredibly tough strength to schedule opponents thus far, but have much easier games ahead. Okay. So first off, the Denver Broncos have had the 32nd easiest schedule for running backs. If you're doing the math, that's worst, toughest. Okay. They're going to, they're going to jump all the way up to 10th easiest over the rest of the season, according to fantasy pros. Now I am recording this before the Monday night's game. I know you're not going to hear it till after the Monday night's game, so um, we'll see how some of this stuff shakes out. The big question on Denver, however, is who's it going to be? Is it Melvin Gordon? Is it Philip Lindsay? Well, again, thus far through four games for this team, um, there have only been one game where these two were on the field. Melvin Gordon doubled Lindsay's snaps, doubled Lindsay's touches in that Week One game, and he's turned that volume into uh, top sixteen fantasy running back per game has Melvin Gordon. He's been doing enough against some really tough opponents. It's going to get easier. I expect Melvin Gordon to continue to get a large chunk of the work there. Um, if you want to snag Lindsey as a nice handcuff or a potential to get a little piece of that, go ahead, but it's Melvin Gordon to me. Another team that's going to get a lot easier uh, is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They started the season with the 30th easiest, 30th best. Okay, That's second, third from the bottom. Schedule for running backs, they're going to pop all the way up to the fourth easiest, fourth best, fourth cushiest schedule for James Robinson, who has faced some really tough opponents so far and still managed to finish top 12 per game. He's finished top 12 per game, even though according to the coaching staff of the Jaguars, they're not getting in the ball enough in the second half of games, which we all know, even coming out of that week one performance, he's had some big first halves and sort of disappeared in second halves. If the play colors can get that together. And as the defenses get significantly easier, we're going from 30th easiest to 4th, guys. I think James Robinson is somebody maybe after a down week this week, you should look at making a trade offer for unfortunately, rookies that do well early, people have a lot of love for them, so might be tougher get, to get somebody like him, but uh, uh worth a look. The Cleveland Browns go from 25th simplest easiest schedule. To sixth easiest schedule for running backs. I know Nick Chubb's out. That's a big deal. Kareem Hunt comes in and, you know, we were maybe concerned about Dearness Johnson. I had a league where 85% of a fab uh, budget was blown on Dearness Johnson. And here comes Hunt in his first week back full. First week as a starter without Nick Chubb. And he doubled Dearness Johnson's snap count. Out touched him 23 to 9. So if you were worried, you don't have to. Kareem Hunt is your man. Against the sixth easiest running back schedule moving forward. Yes, Nick Chubb will come back, but we saw before Chubb was gone that Hunt is worthy of your time. How about the Chicago Bears? It's my team. I don't love to talk about them because I know emotions get in the way and emotions are fantasy football's enemy. But look, the Bears' run schedule thus far has been 23rd best 23rd easiest they're popping all the way up to the second cushiest running back schedule moving forward I know David Montgomery has not been getting it done he has not passed the eye test this offense has not passed the eye test but look Nick Foles is starting to come into his own a little bit on this offense and as he does that Matt Nagy is going to get a little more comfortable calling the right kind of plays for a Nick Foles led offense and as this running back schedule gets significantly easier I think David Montgomery is going to have an opportunity to do some work. He is getting a legit running back one snap work, okay? Over the last two weeks since Tariq Cohen went out, 83% of the snaps, this guy's on the field. This is volume, and it's going to turn into volume against shitty opponents. This is somebody that you should at least consider. He is not a running back one. He hasn't been a running back two, but I'm telling you that he might be Moving forward, we saw enough flashes last season out of this kid that he might be somebody you go target. The Patriots go from 18th easiest schedule to 7th for backs, which isn't a ton. And you know what? I'm not even going to try to dissect this backfield. Um, Damian Harris out-touched White and Burkhead last week, but White and Burkhead out-snapped Damian Harris last week, and that wasn't even close I don't want anything to do with this backfield. We're back to the old days of that Bill Belichick backfield. It is gonna get a lot easier sledding though. So if you have a piece of that already, maybe consider rolling them out the more often. The Tampa Bay Bucks schedule goes from 20th easiest to third best in the league. Again, not sure who it's gonna be here. Rojo looks great. Talk about the eye test against that Bear stout run defense. He looked phenomenal. Breaking tackles in the backfield, play over play over play. But we can say the same thing for Leonard Fournette the last time. He was full go when he went 100-plus yards and two touchdowns. I need another week or two to figure out what's going to happen here. I'll break this down for you guys later once both of them are healthy and on the field. But for now, uh, it's tough to call. Both dudes are playing well. Look for easy schedule coming up. If you can get a piece of them, either one of this piece on the cheap may be worth a look the New York Jets go from 31st in the league to 16th as far as strength of schedule for running backs. Not a great leap, but look, Le'Veon Bell comes back from injury off the IR with Joe Flacco at the helm and he goes 60 yards. Maybe somebody to consider. Maybe he's gotten a little bit of his pet back. Tough to touch the Jets though. Now let's look at the flip side of this coin here. So we've had, we just talked about teams that went from tough running back schedules to easy ones. Now, it works the other way as well, starting here with the Los Angeles Rams. They've had the fourth-best running back schedule thus far. That's going to become 29th-best here for the rest of the season. That's a hard thing to buy into. We know that we love this offense. We know we love McVay. Um, they, they do enough offensively that you want the pieces on this team, but that's going to get real tough for them here coming up soon. Again, the question is, who's the guy? McVeigh made it clear early he wants to run the hot hand. He wants to run Kyle Shanahan's running back stable sort of hot hand. Um, and whether that's paid off so far for him, I don't know. Daryl Henderson has looked really good, 4.5 yards per carry, 5% touchdown rate. 5% touchdown rate. That's a really nice touchdown rate for a running back. He's had 100% of the goal line work for this team so far on the season. Forget the big bruiser Malcolm Brown. It's been Darrell Henderson on the field when it counts. Whoever they give the rock to, um, they're going to be fine. This team has thus far faced the lowest stacked box rate in the league. You have to do that with a team that throws 4,800 yards in a season. So, Even though they get a tougher schedule, defense is probably going to continue to game plan against Jared Goff and and, uh, those receivers and Cup and Robert Woods and the other pieces they have here. So worth owning a guy here if you want to go pick up Cam Akers because you liked that 40-plus yard run in his first game back, fine, but I don't believe he's anywhere near ready to take over from Daryl Henderson yet. The Baltimore Ravens go from the third easiest running back schedule to the 26th for the rest of this season. Again, too close of a backfield to call. Here's the snap share for these guys. 35 percent, 33 percent, 32 percent. Harbaugh said he wants to confuse defenses. He doesn't want any team to know what they're going to do running back-wise coming into the week and absolutely Dude has stuck to his word. It is J.K. Dobbins leading that snap share. J.K. Dobbins leading in the target share. J.K. Dobbins leading in the goal line work still, although they haven't had a lot of close um, inside the five-yard carries to go around this year, not anything like we saw last season. Gus Edwards is in too much. Mark Ingram still leads the the way in uh, running back carries. I don't know that I want a piece of this team... Either. The Las Vegas Raiders going from 8th easiest to 30th easiest running back schedule. Uh, tough sledding. Josh Jacobs is going to get the work, though. Dallas Cowboys go from 7th to 27th easiest. Who knows what's going to happen on that team now that Dak's gone. Teams should probably start to game plan more against Zeke, which they, look, Zeke's a stud. Defenses are going to want to slow him down, and now that Andy Dalton's throwing the ball, they have less to worry about, even with that star-studded wide receiver core. So expect a couple of weak, slow, low-scoring games for Zeke moving forward against some tough competition. The Saints go from 11 to 28 as far as easiest running back schedule. It Wasn't that great to begin with, but it'll be pretty rough sledding. You don't sit Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is a stud, but... I don't know that you expect the Latavius Murray games like we saw in week one and week three where he pops off a few big runs, scores a touchdown. Not likely to happen any longer. Roll with your Camaras instead. This one kind of hurts me. Dagger to the heart, the Washington football team went from um, top three easiest running back schedules to 18th, which again is just the middle of the pack. So it's not like we're looking at the toughest Ds every week, week in and out. But that is tough sledding for an Antonio Gibson who is still trying to get his legs under him. Couple points about Antonio Gibson I should point out, leads the league in broken tackles on running back carries. Leads the league in running back um, defense adjusted value over average. Just on a play by play basis, he's doing better than anybody in the league would be expected to do um, as a replacement for him. Top seven in goal line carries, top seven in rushing touchdowns. He's already had more rushes in this season than he's had in, in, in any given season in college. By mid-season, he'll have more rushes than he had in all four years of college combined. So he's still learning the game, and as the defenses get a little bit tougher, I expect that to be tougher sledding for him as well. Now, I do need to point out that going into week five, he was 40th in the league in running back targets after four years as a collegiate wide receiver. J.D. McKissick, also a wide receiver for most of his time. This team needs to start employing these running backs as wide receivers, passing the ball to them a little more often. And and if he can continue to keep any kind of pace on the ground going, Gibson, and start getting those targets, I love me some Antonio Gibson. I'm going to have his signed jersey hanging on my wall by the end of the season. I promise you that. Last one I want to point out here is the Atlanta Falcons going from fifth easiest running back schedule in the league to 20th. So we're in the bottom third. Uh, there in the league. It's still Gurley's show. I need to point this out. It's still Todd Gurley's show on this team. I know there's a lot of hype for Brian Hill, some people even picking up Ito Smith, but Gurley's had 63% of the running back touches on the season and 62% last week. It's not like it's decreasing. The lowest he's seen in a week was 60% of the running back touches. He's a 68.7% Running back carry share, 14th in the league, so he's in the top half there. And he leads the league, guys, in red zone carries. This is his show. This is his show. Brian Hill will come in and spell him for a series every now and then. But don't get that twisted. That's not the same as saying Brian Hill is earning his way into Todd Gurley's reps. Absolutely not. Nobody on that coaching staff believes Brian Hill is a better back than Todd Gurley. And the numbers show it thus far. Okay, He'll get his big plays because he's pretty good as well, but he's not Todd Gurley. And unless Todd Gurley goes down with an injury, Brian Hill's not somebody you're going to be able to rely on. Neither is Ito Smith. I'm concerned as the defenses get a little bit tougher against the run. I'm concerned what's going to happen with Gurley. He's already not had a ton of touch just because this team is so bad defensively. But if that number goes down a little bit, maybe he scores a little less. Five touchdowns already. And that's where he's always done his work, guys. Let's remind you that he's always been a guy that can score pretty much at will. And that's where he's gotten his fantasy points for you in the past. And he's going to, he's going to continue to scoring, score those touchdowns. Uh, we'll see if he does it at the same pace he's done it so far. So there's some strength of schedule stuff you can maybe take advantage of. Running back-wise, strength of schedules that are going to get easier, going to get tougher. Maybe trade away some of those guys who are looking at tougher sledding moving forward. Maybe trade for some of those guys that are looking at easier slates through the rest of the season. Uh, see what you can do to take advantage. Money ball your league a little bit. Get some cheap pieces that have some potential. And I want to leave you with this one. Robbie Anderson is the man in Carolina. It's not DJ Moore, and unfortunately, it's not my boy, Curtis Samuel. It's Robbie Anderson. Make that move today, please. That's it for me. Again, tckpod.com on Twitter, tck at tck underscore pod. Instagram, fantasy football underscore tckpod. Check it out. Chat with us. Tell you what, tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Hit me at DweezNutsAllZsNOS's on Twitter. Uh, Tell me what you want to hear from me. You can find my podcast, Your Football Fantasy, anywhere there is podcast available. And, uh, that's it for me this week. Episode 271 of the TCK Pod Candlestick Kids Podcast. Done. I'll catch up with you guys next week.